there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my words in My rock, be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy. When I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary, do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Psalm 28, ESV. Well, hello. My name is Brian. I am, and I'm Grant. Hi. We are the, we are the co-hosts of Balm and Gilead podcast, and uh, neither one of us is a girl. <laughs> <laughs> we would like to have a huge welcome to uh, to Jesse and Leah Roberts, uh, also known as Poor Bishop Hooper. Thank you guys for joining us on today's show. Yes, we're so, yeah. so happy to be with you. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm just going to read this. This is from uh, y'all's website. It says, Hailing from small towns in central Kansas, poor Bishop Hooper began writing, recording, and performing in 2013 uh, with uh, what began as a duo weaving together a patchwork of melodies atop an, up, an upright bass and a guitar has since blossomed into a plethora of technicolor expressions. Though still often performing classic covers and uh, simple tunes in simple places, Hooper has been blessed to develop a vibrant musical ministry, ranging from full band, heavy mood moments like that in the Golgotha experience to string and vocal-laden scores like that in Firstborn. Their most recent project, Every Psalm, is their most ambitious yet, releasing one psalm-based song every week for three years. They've shared music and conversations with thousands around the country, in concert halls, in living rooms, prisons, and schools. 
thank you guys for joining us. Mm-hmm. We are we're so happy to have you guys on the show. Yeah, it's it's a delight. So, uh, longtime listeners of our show will have heard the name Poor Bishop Hooper once, once or twice. Would you say, Grant? Uh, three or four, ten times. Yeah, you know, <laughs> an, an episode. Um, wow. Yeah. So we're we're huge fans of you guys. We've uh, we've been talking about the Psalms uh, all of our season two and uh, and the Every Psalm Project. I know has has really helped us out a whole lot just listening to yes. that and meditating on the scripture. Wow. And uh, so before we get into our big interview, I did want to do some follow up from our last episode. We talked about uh, we talked about paraphrase and translation. So uh, I meant to talk specifically a little bit about uh, how many Psalters, especially many of the the better done Psalters like the Scottish the Scottish metrical Psalter. Uh, they're, they're significantly older now, and uh, both the English language and uh, most generally accepted musical styles have changed. Uh, mm-hmm. The constant changing of the language is a key reason as to why there are many English translations of the Bible. Uh, and uh, also the, the structure of most Psalters, it's very hymn-like or hymnal-like. And uh, picking one very specific style of song arrangement, and it's not similar to the arrangement of the Psalms in the first place, and it's uh, it's not a prescribed arrangement, so it's not something that God has stepped down and said, "This is how you will translate mm-hmm. into the English language." So this falls under the idea of good and necessary consequence, but it does not shut out psalters that look and feel differently. This is where I believe bands like The Corner Room, My Soul Among Lions, Cardiphonia, and Poor Bishop Pooper have found their place, creating a new type of living Psalter. And uh, so I, I meant to say all that in the last episode, and I just kind of breezed past it. So I wanted to go ahead and, and share that. And uh, so now uh, let's meet Poor Bishop Hooper. Uh, first couple questions. What music do you guys like? What What is your recommendation for what we should be listening to? <laughs> you get it. You can. Yeah. We uh, may, maybe not surprised. We love when people sing the scriptures, so we we love listening to different people, uh, whether they're individual writers, but also people like that. So we're from Kansas City, or excuse me, we live in Kansas City now. Nice. So the prayer room, you know, International House of Prayer sings the Bible a lot. Um, so we love listening to some of that. My wife's really into old vintage jazz and swing music and stuff. So there's a lot of, particularly when the record player is playing, I feel like it's typically older music. Um, big Don Shirley fans, uh, big Ella fans, there's just a bunch of that kind of stuff. But um, lately I feel like... Uh, I've really enjoyed Andy Squire's recent releases. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, but he is writing just bombs. Every single line is a, is a punch. So uh, I, I've liked his recent stuff. Is that fair? That's a great answer. I would have said Don Shirley. I like piano. Don Shirley trio is just piano, bass, and cello. And it's so beautiful. But... And we listen to a lot of classical music with the kids uh, in in homeschool and stuff right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you guys homeschool? Um, I, we homeschool at our house, and uh, starting Monday, Grant is going to be homeschooling his kids as well. So, yeah, yeah. we were pretty much already doing that with COVID. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's it's going well. It's going well. 
Uh, it was twins that are in kindergarten, so we only have the two going. And mm-hmm. uh, that nice. wasn't the intention originally, but the Lord has done really beautiful things. That Leah's fantastic with them. It's been a nice. good. It's been a good thing for this year. Nice. We'll see what next year brings. <laughs> yeah. That, those are I will have to go and listen to some of that music that you guys recommended because I'm not as familiar with a well, lot of it. One of your early albums, you have to really dig to find it. It's not on Spotify or anything, but is that jazz swing uh, album that you both did, and I loved it. Like you, you covered some of the standards and a yeah. lot of fun. So the, yeah. I, it's fun to see where that kind of comes from that that love of the uh, the swing era. And jazz. Yeah. It's awesome. Unique, strange chords over extremely interesting melodies. I like Yeah. That's the draw. And that's certainly informed all of our writing. And you know, Leah grew up on that stuff. And I love that her her sense of melody and crafting melody is very different. And even even just chord structures underneath those melodies are very different. I think a lot of that is because of uh that bed of you know uniqueness in in how writing used to be it feels like you know songwriters used to not be limited to three or four chords you know that kind of thing so uh but no yeah it those are fun stuff to play we used to play a lot just as that duo all around town um you know probably too much and now things have changed but it's it's it was a step in the in the journey a step in the journey for sure yeah um so in church what are what are your favorite songs to, to sing in church? Like, what just makes you really just want to belt it? Hmm. I'm looking at you. I. We so we're we're in a unique system. Um, we've been we've been pastoring a home church for many years, uh, and that home church is a co- part of a collection of home churches, uh, and so we've we do most Sundays. It's me sitting on the piano. Uh, singing the the music, we were we were worship leaders at a at a more traditional t- more traditional focused contemporary setting uh, Sunday service. It was a gathering of home churches every Sunday for a few years when we when we that's what kind of brought us to Kansas City. Um, but we we I truly have a or we, we both have a have a real high desire to sing the the hymnody. We love hymns. I love. I mean the. The strength of the poetry, the strength mm-hmm. of the, the writing, the melody is just so strong. So I would go to, I feel like my first response to that is like, I'm going to go to all those old, really fantastic hymn standbys, if you will. They've been tested yeah. through oh, time. Yeah. Absolutely. And like remained true. Yeah. So that'd be my first. Uh, mm-hmm. And we do, we still do a lot of those um, in yeah. on on Sunday mornings in our house. So with, mm-hmm. with the smattering of people who, who are around. But. Yeah. So top top three favorite hymns. Oh man, mm. you can't do that to I know. us. I know. <laughs> uh, we sang uh, this hymn called "Wherever He Leads, I'll Go" at mm-hmm. our wedding, and I would say that's one of our top. Just yeah. even still, sometimes as we're like leaving the kids for bed, we'll sing it, and it continues. It continues just like it was when we got married, as like a yes, Lord, wherever you lead. Absolutely. We'll go. We'll follow. Fairest Lord Jesus. That Fairest Lord we've Jesus. We've been really been beautiful. Getting rocked by that one lately. Yeah, that's that's one of my family's favorites. Yeah, beautiful melody. Yeah. And then I would say I think this past Christmas season I was 
uh, captured a lot by the of the father's love begotten just the beautiful words and the just attention to like the prophecies and the fulfillment of Jesus and how magnificent his birth was and is yeah we had to uh we had to conduct that one in one of my seminary classes oh like, yeah it's, it's like an unmetered song it's yeah. so strange yeah <laughs> Yeah, we had a, a version of it that had like every measure was a different meter, and we had to. Wow. Yeah, we had to. We had to conduct that one. Yeah, I didn't like conducting. I was not good at it. <laughs> I got to take yeah, a conducting like... class in college as well. It was not my favorite. I was the only student in the class, and so it was me and my professor in his classroom, and I would just conduct him, and it was. Very funny, and I was happy when the semester was done. <laughs> yeah, our final, we had to do um, um, For Unto Us. The, oh, yeah. yeah. From, from Handel's Messiah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty wow. sure that my teacher saw pity on me and just passed me. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I have a the question's been uh, on my mind for a while. What in the world does poor Bishop Hooper mean? Where does it come from? What is that? Where did he get that name? Yeah, uh, John Hooper was an Anglican bishop in the 1500s who was martyred. Okay. Um, he he was tied up in the uh, the vestment controversy, so he was an early reformer. Um, and Queen Mary, Bloody Mary. Uh, you know, was mad and doing the whole political thing, and they they caught him, and he was burnt at the stake. But the the story in Fox's Book of Martyrs uh, has it. It's just really gruesome. You know, they they light the fire, but the sticks are wet, and so it kind of burns up his feet, and then it smokes and goes out, and then they have to light it again, and then like a wind picks up and it kind of blows it out, so it, like burns his legs and then it blows it out. And so it just takes forever. You know, and by the end, he's pleading, like, well, someone who knows how to start a fire, just come finish this, please. Because, you know, kind of just charring half of his body while he's still alive. And it's just a really sad, like, sorrowful thing. Um, but we wanted a name when we went out. And so we were, you know, we were playing lots of clubs and, and events and things downtown and whatever else here in Kansas City. And we wanted a name that would people would talk, we could talk about Jesus, yeah. uh, whether, whether around about or not. And, it it's it has certainly done that so we get to have this conversation of this man who loved the lord so much that he would give his life uh, you know very clearly for that cause uh, you know doing the jesus thing forgiving his murderers the whole time and uh and so yeah the the name was kind of hinted at by a friend and then we 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 went for it and we have a funny story we were on fox 4 news here in kansas city promoting some big show and the guy asked us that question and very quickly cut us off, uh, like whoa, that's far too morbid for morning news. And I'm back onto the weather. You know, it's like a as soon as they said Jesus and this guy was martyred and he was burned, they, oh, 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 yeah, I jumped in and stopped us there. So, but it was, uh, you know, we got a little bit in, I guess. I, I'm just curious. So a friend re actually recommended it to you, huh? That, that that's wild. Yeah, that name itself. We knew the story. But, you know, he's like, oh, did you be so I've always loved that. And you know, like, wow, that's like, we'll take it. We needed it. We, you know, we, as always, we had a gig and didn't have a band name, that kind of thing. So we got to figure something out. Yeah. That's, that's one way to do it. Yeah. 
So um, you have several projects under your belt already. Um, what has been your what's been your driving factor for for these projects? Like why choose uh, you know Golgotha? You know why why choose every mm-hmm. psalm? Um, the motivation behind Golgotha was um, from our lead pastor that we were working with at the time, just a fantastic man. And in the past, he had kind of done a little slideshow mixed with music and meditation for a Good Friday service for the church. And uh, he was just so uh, lovely in the way that he would see his employees' strengths and push them farther into pressing into the strengths and the giftings of the Lord. And so he said, uh, we had been at the church for, I don't know, a couple months, not long. We'd been working with him for just a little bit of time. And he said, how about you guys write some music for a Good Friday service? That was it. And so we went out to this camp that we met at. Um, We met working as counselors at a little church camp in southeast Kansas. And so we went out there and we just kind of asked the Lord, what do you want this to look like? And um, we thought it was, or we just thought that following under the tradition of the Stations of the Cross could be um, a good place to start, I guess. And so we went through... um, the biblical stations, 14 stations, and just started to write and ask the Lord. And we, I was pregnant with twins at the time. And so I did a lot of sleeping and napping and Jesse did way more of the work, but, um, I did what I could. And, um, in the end, we just kind of had 14 songs and we thought, well, we'll see how it works out. And, um, we had written not in numerical order or anything, Um, we we didn't have like a major big picture for the end product. And then we went back to the church and asked a friend if he would play just some electric guitar with us. And after we did it for our church community that first time, it just felt like, wow, Lord, you really, you really like knit that together in a way that we weren't even anticipating. Um, And Jesse is just a fantastic um, songwriter and he can, take capture stories and write them into songs um, in such a beautiful way. Um, yeah. So that was kind of the motivation behind that one. Yeah. And that was an interesting experience because it felt very much like a spiritual download. We wrote all 14 of those songs in like three and a half days. And I, I had never had that before. Uh, it must've been the superpowers of pregnancy. Twin powers. <laughs> uh, but and then with the with the every psalm stuff that we're in now, uh, later on in that same year, seven years ago, almost eight years ago, I started drawing lines out of the psalms and just kind of thinking through them more as a more as a daily habit and study than anything else, um, and just was taking notes in a notebook and uh, had a little bit of a dream and and then through a whole bunch of crazy life circumstances, the situation we were in all changed very quickly. Um, and so I kind of just tossed that notebook in, in a box and thought, well, never, might never use, look at that again, that kind of thing. Um, and then three years ago, three and a half, we, I like brought it up again. We kind of had some shifting in our, in what, what the Lord was calling us to. And I said, maybe we should do this thing. And, and it was clear like, nope, now's not the right time. Uh, and then it would have been 
not this past July, but July of 2019, the Lord really clearly put it on our heart. Now's the time to do it. And of course, in his beautiful and perfect timing, what a testimony of God's goodness that he would call us into this thing where it, you know, it's, it's more digital than more online than anything we've ever done by far. It, it releases one every week for three years. It, we had to kind of change our whole infrastructure on what the focus of, is of what we were doing. Um, and then COVID happens and everything. We're right in the middle of touring Golgotha. We're in Colorado uh, playing at the Larimer County Jail. And people start telling us like, hey, this thing's happening. Mm-hmm. And then we're driving. We, we, we're down in Oklahoma. And there are people like, I don't know. You know, then it's like really all of a sudden real. Um, and then everything after that one was canceled. Boom. In, in you know, a matter of a week. And so we'd done seven or something. We had 20 left and they all got canceled. But then all of our friends, everyone we know in the industry is like scrambling to release content because no one can play alive. And here we are. The Lord has set us up with this beautiful foundation of we have weekly release content for three years. So it was just a beautiful. We're just so grateful. We're so grateful that he team up with us um, and and call us into this in the timing that he did. Can't. Yeah, I can't thank the Lord enough for that. Absolutely. So, uh, so most bands release an album every two, maybe three years with 10 to 12 songs on each album. So in order to reach 150 songs, they would probably need to like stick with it for somewhere between 24 and 30 years. <laughs> and, uh, and your plan is to do that in one tenth of the time. And that's just, and that's just this project. So what, what drives that level of ambition and creativity? Cause your songs, it's not the same song over and over again. Mm. It's really easy to write the same song over and over again. And- yeah. I think that, you know, following the Lord is a daily decision and it's a long, it's a long-term commitment. And Jesse and I are, we just want, I think some of the heart of this is um, the longevity of it is that it's not like a 10 steps to love Jesus better or whatever. It's a, no, we're committing to this for three years because the Lord has invited us into it. And because I know that I can't rely on my own creativity, but I can trust that he is faithful and that he's asked us to trust him in this, even um, in how we do end up creating the songs. Like we're, he's asked us to trust him. um, And so we're willing to, we're willing to jump in and go for it. Yeah. When when we first made, when we first started talking about Leah brought it up again that summer. And so we started praying, felt very clear that, you know, go into this, step into this. And I remember having big time, this is going to be terrible. We're going to run out of ideas. What if we make it halfway and then it all, you know, explodes or all the songs are going to sound the same. I remember having that exact conversation with myself in my head. They're all going to sound the same. There's no way you can do that. Um, They're going to be lame, you know, whatever. No one's going to care, all the things. And Jesus continually just calling my spirit around all those um, and kind of reiterating, if you know, if you trust me, I'll give them to you, you know. And and that's what's so sweet about writing them out of the Bible is we can't go wrong because the, the the verses, the lyrics, if you will, as long as we stick to the Word of God, will be encouraging and inspiring. That's yeah. that's the truth of the truth of God's Word. So we, it's almost like a cheat code when you when you are using 
the scriptures directly for every single release for three years. It'd be, it'd be a lot harder to just come up with a random 150 songs. And, you know, it's, yeah, a, it's a beautiful be. structure we have. So how did you have to change your songwriting process to accommodate that? Yeah. Do you want to see that? that? That's interesting because, so for instance, Golgotha, you know, we have these 14 stations of the cross. They're all very biblically based. Um, but let's say, so Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus carry the cross. You know, the verses, there's two verses, very short. Um, and in that moment, I'm thinking, what a, okay, Lord, if there's something you want to, you know, lead me in on this, but what a, what a beautiful moment in the narrative for a, from a character that we get almost nothing about. Um, and yet there's this, what could it be? You know, how, how amazing is that? So writing into that is very different where we're dreaming of, uh, you know, creating narrative, you know, and we're not saying when we sing that song, like this is it, you know, um, by any means, but then here in the Psalms, I've had to, I've had to release that, that tendency to, uh, to fill in the story. Cause sometimes the story isn't filled in, you know, to, and the other thing we've, we talk about often is singing the lines that no one else wants to sing. You know, very few people are saying, kill my enemies, you know, re render the wicked useless. And uh, what was that one the other day we were talking about? Um, it hasn't, it hasn't come out yet. I uh, like a stillborn child. Don't let them see the sun. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a hard line. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're just, we're you know, we, it's, it's there. It's the reality uh, of the, of the, psalmist in that moment and it's okay like it's okay to sing that even in christian context even in you know whatever so i don't know that's kind of a bit of a uh, step away from the original question but no, so, so so we can look forward to psalm 137 the blessed is the man who dashes the little ones against the rock yeah here we go yeah. <laughs> lord jesus have mercy help us yes yeah absolutely and uh yeah it's there are some there are absolutely some hard, hard passages in the Psalms. It's not just a book of, of praise. It's, mm. it's a book of lament and it's a book of questioning and it's a book of just trusting in, in the goodness of God in, in all circumstances. Amen. So, um, so you're releasing a song a week. Uh, how many songs are you writing each week and, and what, what, level of, of finished are they? Cause I don't imagine that you're all right. It's Monday. I've got until Sunday to write, record, produce. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, right now we're about almost 20 ahead. Um, which is, I think a good, a good place for us to be. Yes. Um, obviously. So, and from a purely practical standpoint with the distribution service and stuff that we use, uh, we have to have them in five weeks in advance to make sure that they come out on the, at the right time on all the streaming platforms. So we have to have it done at least five before. Um, but there, it, it definitely, we ride the wave when we're on it, knowing that there'll be times that are lower and times that are higher. And the beautiful thing is that then that Leah is riding also, and it feels like God in his, in his kindness will have her be cranking out some really amazing ones in a time where I feel like there's nothing's kind of happening. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the, one of the realities of this, which has been really refreshing is that we don't have forever on every song. 
and we can't overthink it. You know, I've been in bands and we've been in situations in music, whatever, for many years where you're nitpicking every little thing. You know, I have this friend from Mississippi who's always like, a good song's a good song, you know. And there that's definitely true where whereas we we don't have the time to analyze every single decision on these songs and it's it ends up being a thing where we trust i feel like it brings us into trust in the lord more with all of it. okay i don't have time to fix all these things or make it perfect or reassess or is that too fast was that tempo too bpm too quick you know or whatever like no that's how we did it and we need to do it that way and, and we just it's helped it's helped us trust jesus to say okay this is how it's gonna be um and not kind of just over picking correct mm-hmm. everything but. And there have been some times where, like, I'll bring up a psalm and we're like, oof, that's not, that's not the one. <laughs> yeah. Let's start over. Or we're like, this is the one, but something is wrong. So, like, we're still giving attention to the details, course, yeah. but we're holding them very loosely until we get to a place where we're like, that's good. But we're not, we don't want to um, try to nitpick and make every release feel absolutely perfected. Um because we're just, our desire is to just give a beautiful offering unto the Lord um, for him to be pleased and for our hearts to remain pure in the process of it. That's good. So I, I see you guys and, and it's like, man, one week and you're going to get this done in three years, in two years from now, two years, you're already here. In. Two I'm years from busy. now, you'll have this project and, every, and the world will be better because it's out there. And, uh, I know that some other like Cardiphonia, are you familiar with Cardiphonia? Uh, slightly. Yeah. So that's more of a collective. Like he, I think he puts Mm -hmm. out a call for submission and, and a bunch of people will send him like two or three songs each and he can knock out a lot of scripture really fast. And, uh, and their stuff is more often better than it's not, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hit or miss. Um, and I think that that's most people either I think give up after book one or, uh, or they get a lot of help. Uh, and, and I can imagine that it's just, it's very, there's like a weight to it. Like you, you get into it and you can just feel the whole weight of the Psalter. How do you guys deal with, with that? How do you, how do you deal and cope with, with that, uh, with just the, overwhelming aspect of 150 <laughs> songs. Like finishing the first year and be like, when you're done, a yeah. hundred to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or or looking down the barrel of 119 and yes. not knowing what the world to do. Yes. Um probably release a song for every every section, but who, who knows? Um it it I think in, in there's there are moments where it feels like whoa this is really big, and then there are moments where it feels like it he's he's been so faithful so far yeah. so you know this far I'm not I, I'm not worried I think that the greater way that I have felt that we have felt is from how people have interacted with it and then responded to us um, personally like personally responded reaching out and and then carrying that as a, as a ministry, um, in and of itself. I think when, when we first started talking about this and I knew it was very clear, we we need to do this. The Lord's calling us into this. It's going to be good. I think there were definitely times where I thought this is going to kind of be like a back scratch for Christians online. You know, it's it. Whereas 
when we go out and do Golgotha in prisons and schools, you know, like there's all this very tangible fruit, spiritual like ministry fruit right in front of you. And you're, you know, you're praying with people and you're doing all these things right there, seeing God do amazing things, just wild stuff. Um, and then this is like, we're not going to be hands on, you know, at least in the beginning, we're, we're not going to be hands on with anyone. You know, we're not going to see anyone face to face. How is this going to do, you know, but uh, God and his goodness. And again, because it's his word and his word is true and it's, it's edifying, and it's good. And it's a balm, you know, all these things. Uh, we just had countless people reach out about how th- you know, this is, this has changed my life. This has gotten us through, got me through COVID. This is the only thing that's doing this and tons and tons and tons of stuff. And that has been a, a much greater weight than I anticipated it being where we're sitting and saying, I'm going to, we'll, we'll be in prayer for you and then being in prayer for them, you know? So. Fantastic. Um, so there's a word that I taught Grant like on our first episode. That word is uh, prosody, and I think we've managed to work it into just about every episode since then. Um, we we try, we try, we we do. Uh, prosody uh, is you know taking the words and the music and just everything and telling one uh, unified story with it. And you guys do that so so well. Um, when it's a when it's a song that is meant to be uh, just when it's meant to be a hard text, you have a hard uh, music that goes with it. Mm. And, mm. Uh, and I just wanted to, first of all, compliment you on that, but I just wanted to ask, you know, how, how do you have such wildly different tunes and arrangements and then how, mm-hmm. how do you allow the scriptures to, to guide you in, in that? Mm. Uh, the other day, Jesse, uh, our, you know, schedule with everything is just kind of interesting these days, but Jesse was with the kids so that I could come up to, we have a studio in our attic at the house that we live in. And I kind of had this pressure of like, okay, I'm up here. I need to write a song. So I'm going to set at the piano and I'm going to write a song and, um, I knew what I was going to work on. I think 84, which is the, you know, better is one day in your courts. And I just started setting and like, I was, I could feel I was forcing. I want to get a song done. I've got like an hour and a half. I'm going to get it done. And then I stopped and was like, Lord, I am really sorry. I want, I'm my, I'm trying to be efficient. I'm trying to get it done on my own strength. Will you just, how lovely is your dwelling place? What are the right notes to play? And just trusting. And then I just felt like, okay, push that, push that, push that, push that. Okay. That's a lovely chord. Um, What's next? Um, And so I think that it's really been a lovely part and just personal growth of how intimately the Lord wants to participate because it's his word. Of course, he wants to be the one leading what does it sound like? How does it make me feel? You know, our senses, how can we like create something where all of our senses are getting touched because he's a multi-sensory God. He feels, he smells the burning incense. That's a pleasing aroma. Like how, how can we create and craft things that are lovely like that? And when I do it on my own strength, it's smells like flesh, which doesn't always smell good. But when I can stop and say, Lord, how lovely is your dwelling place? I don't know. I know it's lovely, but I have no idea how lovely it is. 
will you like show me a chord that expresses how lovely your dwelling place is? Um, and so I think that, I mean, Jesse is way more, I would say, gifted and his ability to just write these really massively beautiful piano pieces that are stunning and captivating. Um, and I feel like I can't really do that as well, yeah. but you know what I mean? It just diff we're different people and together it's a, also been a wonderful thing to do together. But, um, yeah, I would say that. And just honestly reading it, reading those, you know, those little tiny notes. It's like, this happened when David was being hunted by Saul and it's from second Samuel 19. And we're like, okay, let's read that story because that gives us a great clue of like, he's in a cave and he's like, you know, the setting can be there if we're willing to let the scripture and the Lord, you know, take us into that place. That was good. And even I was thinking that, um, let me think Psalm 23, like, you know, some of these ones that are, that are super famous and well-known and lots of people have written songs for them have been hard for us because we, we have a song for that song that we love. And they're both like, oh gosh, you know, like I, I don't want, it can't sound like that, but here I am finding myself singing those lines because mm -hmm. we've sung them before, you know, whatever. But I remember we were doing 23 and we got to the end and the, the, instead of like, I think it was going to be a moment where I was like, yeah, maybe crescendo or jump the octave, like sing really powerfully. And then we did that and the student went, that's not right. Like, that's not what this moment is. This moment is, is lying down in, in peace. In a way that, like, no, let's just keep it, keep it here in this like more lower peaceful place. We're not going to produce the heck out of it. It's going to be super simple, piano, whatever. And so that it just, it's beautiful. But yeah, sometimes we got like, whoa, hit the brakes, um, and and realize that the that the instrumentation and the production and all of that that goes into it uh, can't just be like, well, this is feeling really good, because mm -hmm. if that's not what this, you know, if, if that's not what the Bible is 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 bringing us to. If that's just a, you know, like you said, a fleshly moment of like the song sounds cool, you know, whatever. So try not to get stuck or, or swayed in that too much. That's fantastic. Um, so uh, I was going to ask, what have been, what have been your favorite songs to write? What, which ones have just been like the ones that you just, you wrote it and you're like, man, that was, I, I just want to sing this one every day. Jesse wrote, I think it's 49. Um, and it's just like every time I would hear it, it would make me cry and like think of family members that I know that don't love the Lord um, or friends that I know, neighbors that don't, um, that are pursuing riches and those riches like I think the line that Jesse wrote is, as sheep appointed for Sheol with death as their shepherd. Um, I think that was one that like, I just listened to over and over and over and over again. It was so beautiful to me. Mm. And that I was thinking 51, Leah did the, the lament of David after the Bathsheba, you know, being approached by Nathan and all that stuff. And that one, I remember she played it the first time. I was like, Oh man, that one just, it just wrecks me, you know. This is a truly repentant moment from a truly terrible act, you know. And here it is, and, and she just sings it so beautifully. Um, 
yeah, there's, and, and, but it's it's fun when there are moments. What's it was, it was it like fourteen or sixteen? The one with the piano, the ascending piano, or is like multiple. I can, sometimes yeah. we get I get lost in the numbers. Um, twenty one. moment. What was it? Twenty one. It might have been twenty one. That one seems familiar. Anyway, I'm look it up. I didn't mean to throw you off. No, no, no. Yeah. But it's I just, know it's not sixteen. It, oh no, sixteen is one. Yeah, no, we don't talk about sixteen. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I just sometimes the the piano part and the words come really quickly, and then therefore those seem to be really sticky in my memory. Sometimes. It was not wow. twenty one. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. All right. So you uh, you kind of hinted at nine, Psalm one nineteen. You might uh, you might break that one up. So one of my very first songwriting projects was I, I wanted to write 22 songs from Psalm 119. I made it, wow. I made it 19 songs in before I gave up because they were all starting to sound the same. Um, but I, I would love to hear 22 separate songs and the 119. That's, that's my, that's my vote. Uh, <laughs> because I don't think, I don't think we can do it justice without doing that. So, yeah, you know the project might get way, way, way bigger uh, than than 150. But yeah, yeah, we 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 were talking about we wanted to do 150 episodes of A Balm and Gilead, and then we're like, what about that episode 119? How are we gonna How are we gonna do that? So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, also like Psalm 18. I remember when we got to episode 18, we just, we just kept reading and, and reading and, and reading. And we were like, this is significantly longer. How, how did that, uh, how, how did, when you approach those long Psalms, like, uh, I think 78 has 72 verses. There's a couple yeah. of them that have 50 or more. Uh, how do you approach that? Like, how do you decide what makes it into the song and, and what, what doesn't? I leave the long ones to him. <laughs> if That's it's great. four verses, it's me. <laughs> well, and one of the ones early on, I don't remember which one it is. It's longer. I think we only sing two lines of it. Um, but it, that's something, you know, we've, and we've had people ask about that often. Why aren't you singing every single word line, you know, every line word for word? Or, why are you leaving out some, or how do you choose? I think one of the, that's a place where we have to say we trust you, Holy Spirit, because there's the reality of writing every single line or some of these monstrously long ones of even even trying to grasp the general ideas of every chunk um, just gets to be a place that is then unwelcoming, I think, sometimes to the listener. And we don't mean that to say that if God says sing all the lines, we're, we're not going to have a 12 minute song. We'll do that, you know. But sometimes, just like you were talking about paraphrase, sometimes it's important to paraphrase and understand that it's okay, that the people can go and read their Bibles, and hopefully they do, you know, when they're listening to these songs and get to get the full ex- experience, if you will, of that text. Um, yeah. Rather than, rather than being locked into to such a way. And I know there have been a few of those where we, we intentionally have left large chunks of the verses out. Um, singing just choosing choosing just to sing a few lines that we feel like express the 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 wholeness of that song, um, and that just happens that happens as the as the Lord leads. Yeah, there's a there's a band called the the Robbie Say Band, 
Yeah. There's another guy uh, named, I think, James Block. And they both covered Psalm 18. And your yours plus both of theirs covers almost all of it. Um, mm. All three of you guys covered a different portion of that psalm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always thought that was that was kind of cool. Like I, I, I awesome. have been putting together a playlist of uh, just all of the Psalter. Uh, it's currently about 36 hours of, of airplay uh, <laughs> because there's a lot out there. There's a lot of good stuff. But I, I think it's great how the Holy Spirit can take three people and have yeah. them uh, – you know, encourage them to to write yeah. the same psalm but different sections, and together it's it's nearly complete. Um, the The Bible is a living document that that uh, speaks to us. It's not just dead words on a page. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and it... one of the things I've noticed going through uh, a lot of your material is not just in every psalm, but also in yeah, say Golgotha experience um, or even uh, the firstborn, uh, just mixing of music with visual art seems to be really important to you all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was just curious if you could talk to me a little bit about um, how do you see those art forms kind of supporting one another? Uh, so we both have brothers who are visual artists. Uh, I think we both have a deep appreciation for visual art. We actually live in a ministry house right down by the Kansas City Art Institute, and we have a, a home full of college art institute students who live in our home. So uh, we, we're just a few blocks from the Nelson Atkins Art Museum. I don't know if, if you're familiar with that. It's a beautiful museum, uh, just a really stunning thing right here in Kansas City. Uh, and so we love it, and we we know that there are certain points and moments that speak so much uh, or they can speak to different people in different ways uh, by some by looking, some by listening, mm-hmm. and some by both, you know, both. Um, and so there's, there's, there's so much potential and, and power in joining visual art and, and music. Uh, and we try and we, we, I think we just kind of wanted to do that from the beginning and fa- yeah. then have just increasingly found its benefit again and yeah. again. And the other thing, too, that we're seeing now is we love partnering with these young students um, who are wildly talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, 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 the girl who does all the Every Psalm work, it's all copper etching, like old style. The, old the style. One, oh, and the print one from first one, yeah. Um, and she's 22 years old, you know, and is so we've been able to support her in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Of course, we love what she's done for our project. Um, but we like doing that, too, because it's a, you know, when all, all us artists get together, it's nice to help each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try and do that as best we can. And we want uh, culture to be led by believers mm-hmm. and for people who love Jesus to be making phenomenal art, be it, you know, I think of the temple. Um, it was beautiful to the eyes. There was you know, richly ornamented robes, like fibers is important and it can be glorifying to God. You know, the carvings of olive trees and pomegranates, like everything is the, every craft is, can be given and glorified unto the Lord. And, you know, obviously the singers in the temple, there's a beautiful thing with that. And the smell of the oils and the, the burnings that were happening in the temple, you know, we just want um, to encourage people who are creative 
to give it all into the Lord um, and to see him be faithful. You know, the, the girl who lives in our house that's done a lot of our recent projects, she's a senior this year and she's been able to, you know, go to classes where they're talking about how to, how to go out and culture and make your art work. And she's like, everything they tell me to do, you guys are doing opposite. And I'm the only one on campus, um, you know, having success when it comes to selling artwork. And we're like, we want to encourage that and say, yes, the Lord's way is better. And even though our culture might not always be interested in art that is glorifying to the Lord, um, choose to glorify him in your art. It's, It's worth it. And everyone, you know, you can experience, um, everyone, you know, experiences the Lord in unique ways. And for some people, seeing a beautiful image, um, and, you know, Lauren, she did a, a garden piece of the lineage from Abraham to Jesus. And it's stunning. And you can look at it for a long time and uh, just, you know, glean from the Lord and, there's so many, like there's scripture references all through it with the imagery. Um, but we just want to offer unto the Lord and to, and to his bride and to people um, just a beautiful picture of so many ways that we can enjoy the Lord. So one of the things that you do with every psalm is go with the wrong plate it feels like rather than like an inked impression or something like that. Is that take us, what was that your decision? Is that, is that something that you're working with uh, the designer to this, uh, to think about or how, how do those, what's that collaboration like? So you're talking about using the copper plate images instead of the print. Yeah. I, you kind of broke up there. Just want to make sure. I'm just curious about like, what's the collaboration like between you and the artist? Yes. Um, with that, I know we were, we were just kicking around how it looked on screen because you know, everyone's when you're seeing all these images on streaming services or online, it looks very different than if you're holding the print of paper in your hand. So we, we shot uh, pictures of both and we were looking through it and across the board, Leah and I and Lauren all thought that for whatever reason, the copper uh, had a much more like engaging appearance um, on the screen, particularly as most, people are engaging on phones, small, you know, very small. So there's, there's more, the line work just sits very differently uh, from the copper. Uh, and if you can't blow it up really big and see the texture of the paper and stuff, it just felt like a lot more um, like a captivating and compelling image to use the copper. So. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely, uh, she lives with us and we have a, you know, a, a, a friendship with her. And so it's really, fun to collaborate on it and we trust her and we want to encourage her just like our you know initial pastor said I see these gifts and you go and like do it let's just see let's just see what happens and so it's been really fun for us to say hey we've got this idea go and do it and but also there's you know there's discipleship in our conversations you know if it's like hey let's think about is that you know accurate to you know um Uh, an army. I think one of them has an army picture. Is that biblically and historically accurate to what an army would have looked like in the time of King David? Um, And so it's been, there's a lot of collaboration as well as discipleship and um, 
know, in, in, in it all. So has it ever happened where the visual art informs the the music or vice versa? Mm. Uh, so with the with the firstborn content, um, so we had Lauren, she did that print. But before that, we have, I don't know if you got to see those videos. They're animated. Um, and that's a good, that's the same guy who did the Golgotha work. So for both of those projects, we sent him the music, uh, whether it was entirely done or, or early mixes. Um, and he, he really wanted that. He said, I want to hear what it is. And that's going to inform how I uh, lay these things out. So those ones, definitely. And then for Lauren, it was more, we sent her a few early demos, but it was more of a, let's talk through these. So she did a, a print for every category. We, you know, we fought really hard to, and trust the Lord in how to do those well, because, you know, a lot of people have very different opinions on what the categories of the Psalms are. Um, so we came up with those seven, and then we kind of, you know, just spent a lot of time. We had talked with her for hours and hours on all this stuff of just um, what those categories look like in the songs let's read them let's look at them let's it. so um but yeah i think depending on the artist some of it is very informed by the music um and but it, at the same time it doesn't have to be and there are definitely times now where we're probably whether we know it or not being informed by her artwork as we write the song songs so we did once get to uh make play some music at the art museum close by and those oh, were yeah purely from the artwork the museum whoever the curator was she said these are the three pieces of artwork we're having like a small event event yeah these are the three pieces of art we're going to be looking at we want you to write and perform or i guess we offered if we could write a song she said play a song that you think fits and we asked if we could write one for each one in specifically and so those, of course, were uh, the art was the basis for the song, which that was also really fun yeah. uh, in a different way for Jesse and I. Um, also a beautiful opportunity to look at, you know, these three secular pieces of art that have nothing to do with Jesus and say, but we see Jesus and we see like a lesson of the Lord in this mm -hmm. um, and to be able to write and craft songs then that still glorify the principles and the good things of the Lord um, off of a secular piece of artwork. They were Thomas Hart Benton works. I don't know if you guys are Thomas Hart Benton fans, but. Yeah. I'll have to look him up a little bit more, but yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's a really fascinating story. Um, it's neat how the Lord gives us such great opportunities to uh, broadcast his love. Um, yeah. Despite the, you know, whatever circumstances. Yeah. As you've kind of been studying the Psalms now uh, for quite a while uh, with this Every Psalms project, are there times where you're reminded of certain things? Uh, you, you were talking about that time in the studio, um, Leah, where you sat down at the piano to do Psalm 84 and it's just, I've got to write the Psalm, but then it allowed the words to kind of speak to you. Are, are there other times like that where you've been reminded of something uh, as you're in the process of going through uh, the Ever Psalm project? I keep coming back to gratitude. I'm, I'm shocked at the amount of thanksgiving given 
and that is in the midst of much harder suffering and, and terrible circumstances than I've ever experienced in my life. And yet here, here, particularly David, but others saying, praise you, Lord. You know, I'm going to give you all my praise yeah. despite all these horrible, horrible things. Something we can't even, you know, yeah. I, I tell the kids, we live like, we live better than any king in the Bible ever. All of us, you know, the way, the way, just the, the providence of the current season that we live in in history and the, the nation that we live in and the, just all of the, the comforts and luxuries that we have, uh, the, not even the best kings of the Bible had this stuff, you know, they weren't eating as well as we were. They weren't as comfortable in, with temperature control, whatever it is. And, you know, we live so well. Um, do I, can I even, can I even hold a candle to the amount of Thanksgiving and gratitude given by these men who wrote the Psalms? So that's one been big one for me. And that's what I find again and again, um, whether it's like very blatant, praise you God, thank you, you're so good, you know, in some of them, or it's a little more subtle. Um, I keep coming back to that. And as I'm writing those, I often come back to points of just uh, even stepping away from the process and praising the Lord and thanking him and being in gratitude. So one of the phrases that you use a, a couple of times in the website with regard to this project are uh, until the Psalms are sung again. What do you mean by that? Where did that phrase uh, come to you from? What is your hope for the project? I think we, uh, we, we want to make sure it will, the Psalms are songs already, you know, and it, we had some friends who were really encouraging us to say like, you know, all these, like, you're singing the songs no one's ever heard. And say, like, well, lots of people have heard them, you know, and, and in lots of different ways. Lots of people have sung them presently. People are singing and writing them now. Um, but for us, we just, we wanted to reiterate and kind of give nod to all the, to the fact that they are songs. They were sung uh, and that people have been singing them for thousands of years. Uh, this isn't a new thing, but we just want to sing them all again, you know, and in a in kind of new, fresh way. But the, I think that the goal is definitely, um, a fewfold. One being that people know the word of God. Yeah. I think that that's something that um, maybe in our culture today gets lost really quickly and easily. Um, you know, we can we can hear a lot of people talk about the Bible. We love to listen to people talk about the Bible, um, but do we do we know the words? And one of the one of the beautiful things that God's created is that melody aids in memory, and it's the reality of. You know, teaching kids to memorize bunches of things at school. If you sing it as a song, they're going to learn it way faster. It's the same thing for adults, most adults, you know. Um, and so we love that people are learning and memorizing the scriptures through this. And that's been, that's like a high priority in the project. It's just yeah. that, because, you know, meditate on his law day and night. And, you know, I've heard people talk about how do you do it in the middle of the night if you don't have memorized? You know, how do you, how do you do it in the middle of the day if you're out working, do whatever you're doing if you don't have memorized? So um, definitely want to do that. Uh, and then just let the word um, through this through song encourage and minister to people because it does that in crazy ways that you know we were t we were talking about the other day how how often it is that we'll release one that we feel is maybe not nearly as strong or that didn't feel as poignant in mm -hmm. some way spiritually and we'll get far more response from that one than the ones that we thought were like the, the good ones you know yeah like over here so that's always fun. And then it just, again, humbles us to, like, Lord, it's you that's doing all this. It's not, you know, yeah. thank you for letting us partner with you. Yeah. So one of the ways that you 
it sounds like you started was really coming up with these Bible verses for your children uh, based on the letters of the alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. What was that experience like? Was that the first time you'd done something like that? Or? I would say first, well, like I became a Christian in college and memorized Psalm 1 and was really excited about it. And then in our dating time, we memorized, I think, a chapter in Ephesians, Ephesians yeah, 5 or something. Um, and then we did marriage counseling with this phenomenal woman, just sold out for the Lord like I've never seen before. Um, and in turn has ridiculous testimonies of the Lord's goodness and faithfulness and um, just beautiful things. But she had mentioned uh, that she had done that with her kids, um, using it as a teaching of the alphabet and but also equipping them for the greater things in life of you know this our life isn't about knowing your alphabet really it's about the spiritual battles that wage that wage war for our soul forever and how can we equip them for the realities of life as well as academics but the real things of life and it's been phenom- it's been like way better than i ever would have thought it would have been so um, I was pregnant with uh, our twins when we started, like, hey, well, let's just do it. And we took some notes, and eventually we had our whole alphabet. And it's been um, such a fine teaching thing for our kids. Um, our, you know, our letter D is death and life far in the power of the tongue. And that, of course, with kids is like when our youngest is wanting to punch, we're like, no, your power is in death and life is in the power of your tongue. Let's talk through this. Or, you know, good will come to him who's generous and lends freely. How can we encourage our kids to be generous? Because the Lord promises that good will come to him. And it's 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 helped us individually. Uh, we, we can't fall asleep at night. We'll, you know, go through starting at A and we never make it to Z. Because <laughs> we're asleep. Um, yeah, and even just to have as a banner in our home, you know, like we mentioned before, we have, you know, young college girls that live with us and they have, you know, friends over, some, most of which I would say local words, some that don't. But um, we just want the band we want the we want scripture in our home yeah. yeah you mentioned in our in our kind of our pre-show talk that uh that you were singing hymns to your kids before they went to sleep um yeah my wife and i have been talking a lot about uh family worship and i don't know if that's a, a topic that you guys are familiar with or not um but it's a kind of a traditional thing uh amongst the especially in, in the Presbyterian denomination, um, where the father leads weekly or daily worship with, with the, the family, reading scripture, singing hymns, and praying. Uh, is this, has your, your songwriting, you, the, the psalm study, has, has that, how has that impacted you as parents? The, the kids are singing, singing the Bible all the time, that's for sure, um, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, and, you know, they hear the songs and they know what we do, you know, and they think it's they love mom's voice, you know, so they just want to sing whatever mom is singing. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, definitely the, the worship prayer Bible is happening every day. 
it's not it's not formal. We don't have a time where we say every night at six we're going to sit down and this is what we're going to do. But it's it's happening every day. Um, our kids yeah. love stories yeah. and are always asking for stories. And I love reading my Bible. And so it has just become a natural thing of mm-hmm. when they ask for a story, I just think, well, what did I read this morning? And I get to tell them. Um, and so I don't know. I, yeah. I'm just thinking yeah. that. They probably know it better than I do. But in a lot of ways, those kids. Mm. It's a beautiful legacy, yeah. Your your twins are kindergarten, is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. they're six. They're six. Mm-hmm. And then our youngest, Phineas, is three. Three, man, three. That's an exciting age, though. They're, they're learning, they're growing. Um, yeah, and the true. way that you're uh, taking advantage of that very impressionable time to, mm-hmm. from such an early age, instill the words of scripture within them, whether through story time, whether through yeah. uh, singing um, the, the Psalms or singing other passages of scripture. Yeah. Uh, that's like, that. that's really encouraging and really a challenge to me too, as a parent thinking mm-hmm. about like, Oh yeah. You know, how can we be incorporating more of, um, the Bible in, and, and, and perhaps part of it is, is through that song through, through singing. It's so, it's so, it's such a powerful tool, you know, that I can't get over it. We had, we've had, we had some lady email the other day and say, my, my five-year-old now knows the entire lineage of, from Abraham to Jesus, because he, all he wants to do is listen to that song. You know, that we released that Christ song with our, with our firstborn content. And that's the thing. I never would have expected that to be a byproduct. <laughs> but it's yeah. because it's set to a tune. But then all of a sudden, you know, now, who knows what that means now. But in in that five-year-old's life, but really, that will bear fruit somewhere yeah. in a beautiful way. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, I've got a, a couple more questions kind of as as, as we wind down uh let you guys get some sleep thank you uh, <laughs> um in general just even before this this project began what are some what is probably the psalm that has been the most meaningful to you as just an individual i i mean i would say psalm 51 i wasn't i didn't love the lord and went into college and uh, just got in a bad situation and had a moment where I was raised going to church. Um, I mean, we were, we went, but there was uh, no translation to life and it was something that you were supposed to do. Um, But then once I had the opportunity to go out and live on my own and make my own choices, it wasn't, a priority. Um, and so then I got in a situation that, um, wasn't good and had a moment where I said, Lord, if you'll have me, please take me. Um, and I remember going, um, from one location back to my dorm room and just opening up my Bible and I opened to Psalm 51 and I read it. And because of my my um, experience going to church as a kid, I was 
somewhat familiar with the story taking place within Psalm 51, but read it. And um, it was beautiful to me that there was a, a story, an ugly story, and a testimony of someone coming to the Lord and saying, please wash me clean, Lord. Um, create in me a new heart. Don't cast me away, but restore, like bring me back. I want to be close to you. Please don't cast me away. Um, and then just knowing the Lord's goodness over David's life, um, it it was uh, very, it was just pivotal in me even allowing myself to believe that the Lord would take me um, and create something new and beautiful in me even though when I lived on my own, I um, wasn't honoring him. So there you go. Yeah, there I go. <laughs> Shoot, I got nothing that powerful. No. I, I've loved no. Psalm 1 and I've, I've loved 136. And I think that thinking back on that, it was purely because the repetitive line, uh, mm -hmm. for his loving kindness is everlasting, or depending on the translation, uh, endures forever or whatever, mm -hmm. is that that was like a memorable one for me in in younger years because it was so repetitive it's like well i can at least remember that part um so maybe that's a, again maybe that's cheating but uh, i've loved yeah. those yeah I've, I've had half of half of that song memorized for a long time exactly exactly you too <laughs> yeah. for years yeah. um so where can uh, where can people go to uh, to learn more about your work and then help financially support your work Oh yeah, thank you. Um, so you can go to poorbishophooper.com, uh, and then you can find all of our our ministries and, and musical projects from there. Um, but this one particularly is everysalm.com. Uh, if you go there, uh, you can you can listen to all of them. They're all free to download for everyone, uh, and you can you know watch the videos and read all the lyrics. Some of them have chord charts. We're doing our best to keep up with getting chord charts for all of them, uh, etc. But uh, and then, yeah, you can give on any of our websites. And, and we are, we're a nonprofit. We run a nonprofit ministry, so the tax thing is all there, 501c3 or whatever. But um, we're really, really grateful at the way the Lord uh, provides for us through his faithful people. So thank you for even considering that. Yeah. yeah. And thank you guys for, for joining us on this, uh, on this journey. Uh, we've, we've really appreciated getting to, getting to talk to you, getting to know you guys a little bit more. Um, we, I think we're both huge fans. I hope that there's a lot of us out there that, that are because your, your work is really great. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Okay. And, uh, just in closing, I'd like to say, uh, rock of ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Pray, my rock, do not turn a deaf ear to me. If you stay silent, what are my chances at mercy? I might as well give up and die, die. I might as well give up and die, die. Listen to my prayer As I live 
my hands to your sanctuary Don't drag me away With the wicked and their evil deeds Won't you come and hear my cry, cry 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 Care nothing for what you've done. Others care nothing for what you've made. Others care nothing for what you've done. Others care nothing for what you've made. Others care nothing for what you've done. Others care nothing for what you've made. Others care nothing for what you've done. Others care nothing for what you've made. Others care nothing for what you've done. Others care nothing for what you've made. Others care nothing for what you've done. Others care nothing for what you've made. I will trust in God today. Others care nothing for what you've made. For He has shown me what Others care nothing for what you've made. My help, my Lord, my shield, my strength. Others care nothing for what you've made. I see nothing for what you've done. Others care nothing for what you've made. But I will trust in God today. Others care nothing for what you've made. For He has shown me mercy. Others care nothing for what you've My help, my Lord, my shield, my strength. Others care nothing for what you've made. I see other things give me. Others care nothing for what you've made. But I will trust in God today. For he has showed me mercy. My help, my Lord, my shield, my strength. I sing out with thanksgiving.